Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. This is a brain teaser. Listen to this. You're driving a bus, you go east 12 miles, listen close, you go east 12 miles, you turn south, and you go two miles, and you take on nine passengers. And then you turn west, and you go three miles, and you let off four passengers. How old is the bus driver? (laughs) Just go ahead and yell out wherever you are. The answer is, well, it depends. How old are you? Did you get that? You are driving the bus. Things that make you go, hmm. And so, so if somebody said 46, then that means you're 46, I think. So it's important to listen especially listening to God. The Bible is replete with verses concerning hearing from God. I have a few of them on the screen for you. Psalm 5, verse 3. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Jeremiah 33 Three, call unto me and I will answer and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call unto me. Ezekiel 12, 2. Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house which has eyes to see but does not see. And somebody read the verse with me. And ears to hear, but does not hear, for they are a rebellious house. John chapter 8, verse 47. He who is of God does what? Hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. John ten sixteen. Other sheep have I which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. That's just a few verses on hearing from God. The Bible has a lot to say about hearing from God. Last week, we um, were talking about Samuel in the temple, and he hears the voice of God. Um, I titled last week's sermon, Listening to God, Uh, This week, I want to title the sermon, The Voice 
of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. We're going to pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 3, saints, beginning in verse 1, 1 Samuel 3, beginning in verse 1. Oh, I didn't ask you if you need a Bible. Raise your hand, did I? You need a Bible? It's Wednesday night Bible study. I didn't think anybody would raise their hand after that last comment. (laughs) First Samuel chapter three, get your pen, get your pad, get your heart. First Samuel chapter three, beginning in verse one. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was what saints rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. And so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I didn't call you. Lie down again. And he went and he lay down. And then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now, insertion. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And so he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go. Lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant, what saints? Here. So Samuel went, and he laid down in his place. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. The book of Samuel takes place during the time of the judges, and there was no king in Israel, the Bible says. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. It was a terrible period in the nation of Israel. The temple is in Shiloh. Eli is the high priest. Eli had two sons. What were their names, saints? Hophni and Phinehas. Hophni and Phinehas, the Bible tells us, did not honor God. They were evil. They were fleshy. They were corrupt. The Bible calls them the sons of Belial. Belial was a pagan god and wicked means wicked and worthless. Uh, So it could read Eli's sons were wicked and worthless, and there were several reasons why they were wicked and worthless. We talked about it last week. Were you with me last Wednesday night? Just raise your hand. Were you with me? Good number of you. You know them. We talked about uh, that uh, Ahaphne and Phinehas uh, would have sexual relations with the women who came to offer sacrifice at the tabernacle. They treated the sacrifice in an unlawful way. When people bought their sacrifice, Hophni and Phinehas would take what portions of a sacrifice they wanted, which was against the law. And they would take the fat, which was the best, and it belonged to God. They would also take the raw meat, 
That was against the law. If the person bringing the sacrifice was to tell them that they were wrong, Hophni and Phinehas told their assistants to beat them up and to take it by force. Chapter 2, verse 17, go ahead and look there. The sin of these young men was very great before the Lord. I have to stand up. I'm not a sit-down preacher. I just learned that. So I'll just lean on my left leg. How about that? And that'll give you more reason to listen and pray. All right? Thank you. Look at chapter 2, verse 27. Chapter 2, verse 27, an unknown prophet prophesied against Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, your sons are going to die in a day on the same day. And your lineage will be cut off, 27, 28, 29. And your lineage will be cut off and God will raise up another line, a lineage that will be faithful to serve in the office of priest. Parents, we talked about this the last time we learned, looked at. That God expects us to do something with our kids if they're sinning. And to allow your children to sin is sin. We talked about that last week. In the midst of all this insanity and sin, in the midst of this corrupt society and corrupt religious system, in the midst of every carnal thing that a parent would worry that their child would be infected with, through God's grace, Hannah's example, this little prophet, Samuel, verse 1, chapter 3, tells us, Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Josephus tells us that Samuel was around 12 years old at this time. Uh, the New King James reads this verse, the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. King Jimmy says the word of the Lord was precious in those days. If you're reading King James, you know. The word of the Lord was precious in those days and there was no open vision. The new translation says, now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. The idea isn't that God didn't want to speak. The idea is more that there was no one listening. Are you listening? The problem was people weren't willing to listen. Maybe the Lord didn't speak because of the hard hearts of the people. The priesthood was corrupt. The religious system was corrupt. Everybody was doing what was right in their own eyes. We talked about it. And so the voice of God was rare. God didn't speak and there was no word or widespread revelation. The word of God. You follow me on Facebook? You know I posted this. The word of God was rare in those days, in Samuel's day. And honestly, saints, I think you know where I'm going. The word of God is rare today. Interesting, in our culture, think about it. In our culture, we have so much communication. We probably have more communication today than we have ever had. Uh, we've got Twitter and Facebook and TV and magazines and books and blogs and bulletins and Bibles, and it's baffling. Never before in the history of this great country has God's word been more abundant and available, and yet never before in the history of this great country has God's word been more rare. The light of the word is all around us, and yet we grope in darkness. And the problem? The problem is people aren't listening. The problem isn't God is silent. 
The problem isn't weakness on God's part. The problem isn't that man isn't listening. The problem is man isn't listening. And the reason people aren't listening is because of sin. Sin causes us not to hear the voice of the Lord. Because of sin, we don't listen. Because of sin, we are deaf and confused about the voice of God. Samuel's in the temple ministering to the Lord And notice it says, before Eli. He's ministering to the Lord before Eli. All ministry is unto the Lord. Not to the church and not to the pastors. When you serve in the church, you're serving the Lord. I want you to say a better amen than that. When you you forget that, in your eyes and your heart, find themselves in the wrong place. When you get your eyes in the wrong place and you start complaining, you start moaning and groaning. And listen, the devil uses that. He really does. Why hasn't Pastor Rodney sent me a thank you card? (laughs) Your eyes are in the wrong place. You're serving the Lord. And at the same time, we talk about, you know, great is our reward in heaven. Well, great is your reward in heaven, then keep in mind that you're serving the Lord. You're not serving man, you're serving God. Verse 2 tells us Eli, go ahead and look at verse 2, is growing old, losing his sight. He's probably around 98 years old. Before the menorah light went out in the tabernacle, the Lord called out to Samuel while Samuel was lying down. Samuel thought it was Eli calling, so he got up and he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. Eli said, I didn't call you. You're having a dream. Go lay down in verse 5. Verse 6, the Lord called him again. Samuel, Samuel got up. He went back to Eli's room and said, yes, Eli. Eli said, I didn't call you. Go lay down. And then in verse 7, this is an interesting statement. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord revealed to him. Samuel, listen close, is ministering in the tabernacle unto the Lord. Eli's sons are immoral, corrupt, abusing the sacrifices and God's people. And in the middle of all of this, there's a little boy, maybe around 12 years old at this point, who has a heart toward the Lord whom he has not yet met. Samuel, here's the point here, saints. Samuel was raised in the temple, but he didn't have a relationship with God yet. It's like your kids that are raised in a Christian home. And they hear about the Lord and they see mom and dad praying and they experience a healthy Christian environment all their life. But there is a time that child must come to know the Lord personally. And sometimes, listen, it's more difficult for a child who's been raised in a Christian home to come to know God personally than someone who hasn't been raised. Did you get me? Than someone who hasn't been raised in a Christian home. Because the person raised in a Christian home can easily believe they are a Christian because they were raised in a Christian home. Or they think that they're Christian because their parents are Christian. And even harder still for children whose father is a pastor and mom is in ministry because they grow up literally in the church. My kids grew up in the church. This is all we did. My kids didn't get a chance to do soccer. They didn't, you know, Elvira was never a soccer mom. 
She might sock him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, I'm just joking. My leg is hurting. <laughs> she wasn't ever a soccer mom. We didn't have time for that. We, we were always in church. And, and it is interesting that all, it seems that all the games and the practices are always either on Wednesday night or Sunday. Little League sports has taken more kids away from God than anything else. And tell me you don't see something spiritually wrong with that. There's something not right about that. So my kids were raised in the church. We were always at church. Every day of the week we were at church, even now. Every day of the week we're still at church. We're always at church. So it's easy for children who are always at church to, or who is always in the temple to believe that they are Christians because they're always at church. Or they think because mom and dad has a relationship with the Lord, then you have a relationship with the Lord. Only for them to come to find out, I've watched it over and over and over now, for them to come to find out that you have to have a relationship with the Lord. Your children have to come to know God for themselves. And there, I'll wait while you clap your hands there. And there's a time that your kids are covered. There's a, there's a covering period. I'm not real sure. People say, well, it's the age of 13. I don't know when it is. That's real speculation. I don't know when it is. It's probably when God knows your kid knows. That might be 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. But well, some of y'all grow up real slow, 30, 31, 32. <laughs> some of y'all real slow, but, but God has grace. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. Somebody better clap their hands like you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you see, but there, there's a covering period. That's my point. And I don't know when that is and neither do you. But everybody has to come to God for themselves. Somebody once said, God doesn't have any grandchildren, only sons and daughters, right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, in the case of Samuel, think about it. Hannah had Max four years to talk to him about the Lord and to teach him about the things of God. Listen, never, never, never underestimate the capacity of a child to know God. I would even say children are more open to spiritual things than adults because children aren't burdened with the cares of this world. Children have an enormous imagination and the capacity to dream huge. And God uses their enormous imagination and capacity to dream huge for his glory. The largest percentage of kids, did you know, they get saved before 14 years of age. Uh, Gallup poll surveyed show that 19 out of 20 people became Christians before the age of 25, actually. Billy Graham did another study that said that 14, before the age of 14, the largest number of children uh, give their lives to Christ. And then the older you get, the harder it is for you to come to know the Lord. There's something very, very strategic, good word, in today is the day of salvation. There's something very strategic in that word. It really is. 
Because it gets harder the older you get. After 25, one in 10,000 will become believers. At 35, one in 50,000. At 45, one in 200,000. At 55, one in 300,000. At the age of 75, one in 700,000 people come to Christ. Remember last week I gave you 10 takeaways regarding children? Remember those? And uh, we had a great time last week, didn't we? Ten takeaways regarding children. I'm going to give you a few more. Maybe you want to add to your list. We're going to call this one number 11, talking about children. Jesus loves children. Say amen. Amen. That's a good takeaway. Jesus loves all the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white. Y'all are an active bunch tonight, ain't y'all? y'all? They're precious, Pastor. They're precious in his sight. <laughs> it's true. Jesus loved the little children of the world. And if there's one thing you can't miss in the life and the ministry of Jesus is his love for children. Many miracles in the Bible were done on behalf of children. John chapter 4, the nobleman's son is sick and dying and Jesus healed the boy. Mark 9, Jesus off the Mount of Transfiguration, a young child possessed with a demon, Jesus healed him. Mark 5, Jerry's daughter who was 12 years old, Jesus said she was dead and Jesus said Talitha Kumai brought her back from the dead and then Jesus said give her something to eat. Don't ever get in the way of a kid coming to Jesus. At the same time, don't be like Eli and allow your children to sin. I hear a lot of talk about people allowing their children to choose their religion nowadays. (laughs) Did y'all hear me? Houston, we have a problem. That is a problem. You help your kids to choose Christ. By teaching them when they're young and teaching them when they're in the womb. Even Jewish mommies... If you have a baby in your womb, Jewish mommies would rub their stomach and say, the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God with the baby in the womb. The Lord our God is one God. Even from the womb, the child is hearing, the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God. So then when the mom gives birth to the baby, the baby already understands the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God is one God. You guys start to speak the word over your children. And tell them, help them. You don't leave them to choose their own way and to go about their own devices. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. Lord. Here's another takeaway. Don't belittle your children. Hmm. Don't say things that will injure them. Because you don't know if you're raising a Samuel, a Deborah, an Esther, a David a Jeremiah, a Daniel, a John the B, a Billy Graham, a Chuck Smith. You don't know. Don't put your kids down. And don't be a hypocrite in front of them, number 13. Don't talk one way at church, another way at home. And love, number 14, love and discipline your children. Don't be cruel and harsh. Your kids should know you love them even if it does hurt them more than it hurts you. Amen. Love and discipline them. Number 15, don't let your children manipulate you. 
I'm just giving you some stuff I've learned over the years. You can take it or leave it. Don't let your children manipulate you. I would suggest you take this one. Don't, don't let your children manipulate you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a little secret about kids. Kids, kids have learned, and they do learn very quickly, how to crack the code. You ought to write this stuff down. This is good. I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed. They learn how to crack the code. For some parents, kids, they learn based on, you know, your history and how you mobile with them and interact with them. They learn stop means I can continue to do that. Because when you say stop, you don't do nothing about it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.